What's up, Gen X? Welcome back. It's good to be with you. Summer is just about over. We're almost at that first day of fall. And with that in mind, I read something this week, or actually saw a headline on CNN that made me think of all of you. And I want to share that with you now. This is from September 4, 2002. The story is titled on CNN.com. As temperatures cool this fall, it's important to remember that climate change will be back next summer. <laughs> so, as we are almost into fall, keep that in mind that as, as temperatures get cooler and fall sets in and we, we get into winter, just remember that global warming will be back next year. Now, I thought it was climate change, so I don't know maybe if we've dead named that now I, I i lose track but uh, yeah it that made me think of all of you now this week i think you're going to see a common theme as as we had on a number of stories and that is highlighting some very overt hypocrisy and that's just something that we as gen xers much like the dude cannot abide and there's a lot of stories this past week that were just dripping with hypocrisy and we Gen Xers just simply cannot abide. The first one, I don't know if you saw this, but Ron DeSantis sent 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. I'm sure you did see it, but that's something that I think might be one of the most shrewd political moves I think I've seen in recent memory. I can't think of one off the top of my head that, that tops it. Sending some migrants to... Martha's Vineyard is just it's it's chef's kiss uh, because this is a a haven an enclave of the most wealthy and leftist of all lefties in you know the in a island off the coast of Massachusetts that is frequented by presidents you have twelve dollar mansion owned by the Obamas and so on. And Ron DeSantis took 50 migrants. We call them migrants now, illegal immigrants. I don't know what to call them. They're not citizens. They're here. Uh, and he took them and he flew them out to Martha's Vineyard. Now you think, well, why would he do that? That's human trafficking is what some are saying. Keep in mind that Massachusetts and those in Martha's Vineyard who vote as such are very much in favor of open borders, very liberal immigration policies, and so on. And so he really just kind of called their bluff. And now what happened with these folks that were, were sent to Martha's Vineyard? Well, within 24 hours, they had the National Guard come in and escort them out and bus them to an unused army base all within 24 hours. Now, I was told that that type of thing is xenophobia. But apparently it's not. Maybe it is. But it, I, again, I get confused. I'm not sure the etiquette on all these types of things. But it seems to be that way, at least as it's treated in other areas of the country. But it really, and this is getting to the shrewd move by Ron DeSantis, almost like it, it's just some 4D chess. Just some very, very clever 4D chess because he had to have anticipated that the snobbiest of the snobs would not want these poor immigrants with nothing but the clothes on their back 
in their backyard with nowhere to go. Now, I mean, this is the type of scenario that these folks face day in and day out, but not in their own backyard, so they don't care. So, much like California, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts, it's very easy to feel like you're being a good and noble person and saying, you know, we, we should welcome all people who want freedom and we should welcome these people. They're, they're just seeking a better life or they're trying to escape from bleh, and the kids and then the separated families. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Very easy to say that until they're in your swanky backyard. And as this scenario played out, I saw a recent uh, polling that apparently highlights and the majority of Americans want less immigration, not more. They want less legal immigration, and they certainly want less illegal immigration. In fact, most of those who fall on that side are considering our current circumstances with regarding to these migrants and immigration. They consider it an invasion of the southern border. Can we say that? I know some people try to say that's a racist dog whistle. I don't know. I'm just citing that survey. But a majority just don't want it. They're, they consider it a problem. And while apparently the folks in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, think it's a problem as well, and they seem to agree with D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, who you remember, we highlighted this story a month or so ago, where they also were the recipient of busting illegal migrants from Arizona and from Texas. And while welcoming them with open arms, at the same time, indeed cried this and they, they cried poor and that they didn't have the resources and they needed funding and blah, blah, blah. Well, this is from a tweet from Muriel Bowser in September of 2017. She says, D.C. values our dreamers and our immigrant communities. All will continue to fight in sanctuary in our city. Well, flash forward five years to September of 2022. D.C. Mayor Bowser says, We are not a border town. We don't have an infrastructure to handle this type of a level of immigration to our city. We're not Texas. No, ma'am. No, you, you are not. In fact, if you look at the border towns like, say, Yuma, Arizona, El Paso, Texas, Eagle Pass, Texas, among others, these are not cities of millions. These are not cities with large police forces and churches and charitable organizations that can can withstand this now okay we're talking about how martha's vineyard with their sprawling estates and guest houses could not handle 50 immigrants chicago could not handle a few hundred immigrants without requesting federal aid and the help of the federal uh, the national guard the state national guard likewise you in dc and and Eric Adams in New York have been strained by a couple thousand of these illegal immigrants who've been escorted to your city over the past couple of couple of months. But yet you're under the delusion that Texas, like El, El Paso and Eagle Pass and places like Yuma, Arizona, 
are border towns, so they can handle this. You and D.C. can't handle this. You're not a border town. Well, these, these border states can handle it. Well, if you say go to and take a visit to El Paso, Texas, unlike the vice president who has been put in charge of this, you will see that they are in crisis mode, that they have people by the thousands sleeping on the streets because they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to put these people. You have Eagle Pass, Texas, who I, th I think has a population of some 30,000. This year, they have received about 30,000 or so migrants. And in fact, this past week, we have hit a record so far year to date, 2 million illegals that have been apprehended this year. That's apprehended. That doesn't count those who have not fallen on, in, in that grasp. And you've had you know, people that have, like, uh, I, I think Gavin Newsom, for one, has been crying that DeSantis sending these 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard equates to uh, human trafficking. And where you have, just a couple of months ago, a truckload, a semi-trailer load of 50 migrants were stranded outside of San Antonio, Texas, and all cooked to death, died being smuggled through the border, mainly because the federal government has chosen to not allocate the appropriate amount of resources to check these types of, of smuggling from the border all the way up in through San Antonio. So... Mayor Bowser, you don't have, you're not Texas? No, you're not. But they don't even have the resources to handle this. That is precisely the point. In fact, this year, there have been 782 migrant deaths thus far this year. You're not Texas. No, no, no. But the policies from your party, your president, and the leaders of your party have given us exactly this scenario. It is human trafficking, but it's not on behalf of Governor DeSantis in Florida. It is all of you and those who vote for you who can pat yourselves on the back and consider yourself a good person because it's not happening in your backyard because you're not Texas. But when it is your problem, you want to ship it away and you want the federal funding to be able to handle it. But you don't give a crap when it's someone else. You don't care about those 2 million people that have been apprehended. You don't care about those 782 migrant deaths. You don't care about the 1,000 or so people who have come to your city. You care that it makes you look bad. You care that it highlights your overt hypocrisy. And again, that's something that we Gen Xers simply cannot abide. There was also this past week a very, very weird backlash, maybe, regarding Disney's live action of Little Mermaid. You know, and this isn't the first time we've seen this type of thing. In fact, I think they even have official term for it. I think it's called fan baiting. You saw it also with, again, not surprise, Disney, in advance of, of the Kenobi series being released on Disney Plus. 
but it's like they they know that something that they've created sucks they know that it's bad they know it's going to get review bombed they know people are going to hate it it's probably going to lose the money but it checks off all the intersectional boxes it it furthers their progressive agenda i guess and so they go for undaunted and want to blame any any criticisms on it to racism and sexism and homophobia and whatever 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 okay well this past week the a I don't know if it's a trailer or a teaser trailer or whatever. I mean, I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm not going to watch it. But there's been a live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. And the role of Ariel has been cast with a black actress, which is going to raise the eyebrows of a lot of people because they saw the cartoon and said, well, wait a minute, Ariel's not black. That's weird. And so if anybody says that, ah, you don't you don't like that because you're racist. You mean a black actress can't play that role and so on is it? Oh, it is all so exhausting. Although it wouldn't be so exhausting if it wasn't such brash hypocrisy. And what do I mean by that? Well, we have had a good ten plus years or more with people decrying in Hollywood and in casting the notion of whitewashing where a white actor or actress will play the role of of someone who is is a character who is not a white character for example matt damon in the great wall i I didn't see it i heard it was terrible but his character is a character from china and matt damon plays it which uh, duh uh, scarlett johansson in ghost in a shell you know that's a a anime the the character she plays is Asian. Scarlett Johansson obviously is not. And, I mean, it goes even all the way back to that ridiculous performance from Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, although that was actually a white person playing an Asian person and it was offensive and whatever. But the whitewashing is more the the white actor playing a role that would otherwise be a minority character and it's cast by a white actor-actress. And that's called whitewashing and they've, decried it you know it's taking away opportunities for other you know diverse actors and actresses and so on and and so forth i mean i remember even brian cranston caught some flack when he played the role of a quadriplegic i mean acting's acting but it's this notion of we'll call whitewashing but it's not even limited to race i mean this is even able-bodied washing whatever i don't know so people are up in arms about the casting of The Little Mermaid. They're up in arms about people being up in arms about the casting of The Little Mermaid. And again, it would it would ring true a little bit if there was some consistency. So all those who decry the whitewashing done by Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson would be outraged that this role of Ariel is given to someone who does not fit that character. Yeah, I. It, it, there's a little bit of consistency. Yeah, I could take it, but of course, there's not. It's gross hypocrisy, and for some reason, we're just supposed to accept it and just kind of look the other way. But of course, we Gen Xers not like that. We like to call you out on your crap, and so we do. But of course, n- none of this is is nearly as significant in my mind to the real issue here, 
And this is what Disney really needs to be called out on. It's not the agenda. It's not racism. It's not whitewashing or whatever. Can we all have a little bit of a discussion here that these live action remakes need to freaking stop? (laughs) Because all those people who are in a tizzy because of the casting of the Little Mermaid seem to overlook the fact that whether it's come out yet or going soon to come out yet, they've done a live action remake of Pinocchio with Tom Hanks playing Geppetto. Can we freaking stop? Now I've apparently this live action remake of Pinocchio, this, I know this is going to blow your minds. Socks. <laughs> is there any, any stretch to think that the live action remake of little mermaid also socks? I mean, I, I saw that they were even toying with the idea of, of, for of making a prequel, a live action prequel to the Lion King called Simba. Or not Simba, uh, Mufasa. <sighs> Disney, can you please give us new ideas? Rather than just taking a cartoon, putting people live action there and just making it and thinking people will s- suck it up. I guess they do. I guess that's probably why you make it. But I had, I, I had the same problem with the live action remake of Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, they've done a lot of these by now. It's, regardless of who's in them, this this crap's got to stop. <laughs> you need to come up with new ideas. I don't care who you're casting in them. Honestly, it makes no difference to me. The fact that your movie sucks makes a big difference to me. I don't care what race your actress is, a live-action remake of Little Mermaid is not something I want to see, and it's not something I want to show my kids because you already did it, and it was fine. I'll show them that if I'm so inclined. You don't need that fan service. I get you. You're just pumping out content. That's the thing now. Whatever. But people got in a tizzy with the whitewashing thing. And they did the same thing with with Kenobi before it came out. And it just obscured the fact that the character that they made was awful. The was one of the Vader's Inquisitors. And just the, the, the acting was terrible. The character was terrible. They have a lot of really interesting characters that are, are Inquisitors. But for obvious reasons, they they cast it this way, they wrote it this way, they they directed it this way, and it just it just didn't work. Lo- the Lord of the Rings that's also caused a thing on on Amazon because they've they're doing this prequel with Galadriel and she's this Mary Sue whatever and and the but apparently the writing is just atrocious, the dialogue is awful, the acting is awful. Maybe address that before you worry about your whitewashing thing. I mean, they, they're doing a remake of Quantum Leap with an Asian dude. I didn't watch the first one. Don't care. But, you know, if it's a good show, fine. I personally would prefer that you come up with new ideas. I don't need to see a reboot, a remake, a prequel, a sequel. I don't need any of that crap. And Hollywood is just, that's the thing now. It, they like the sure thing, and that seems to be where they are. <sighs> Again, I'm... I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but again, the, with the whitewashing thing, if, if they're a little bit consistent, you, you, you might get my ear a little bit, but for the time being, come up with a new idea. I don't even care about your nonsense. I ignore it all because I don't even care. I don't even care that you're making it. I think it sucks. The live action stuff's got to stop. Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm done with all of that. So Mufasa 2, uh, whatever. I don't care. Don't want to see it.
Now, touching base quickly on Joe Biden, who did an interview on 60 Minutes this past week. A lot of, uh, uh, kind of what you would expect, you know, very softball questions for the most part. There, but there were a couple of things that I thought were interesting. One, they did press him a little bit on inflation. I thought his response was very tone deaf to outright dishonest. And what I mean by that is he was stating that and celebrating the fact that, you know, the month over month um, inflation is the same. So, hey, there's no change in inflation. You know, I mean, he was trying to spin it like, or I think he even said it's, it's up only an inch. It's up only an inch, you know, because the question was, you know, people's grocery bills are, have been going up like crazy. What do you say to these people? Hey, he's like, come on, inflation. It's only go up the, over month over month. It's only been going up, up like an inch. Now, of course, if you have a brain in your head, you know how dishonest and misleading his answer was. Because if you're looking at month over month inflation from 8.3% to 8.3 blah, blah, blah percent. Yeah, that is up only an inch. But that's the increase in inflation is only up an inch. But the way he answered it made it seem like he was trying to argue that there is no inflation. It's only up only an inch. The overall inflation is just a smidge. No, the increase in the rate of inflation is up only a bit. For example, if you are on the highway and you are going 85 miles per hour and Someone in the passenger seat's like, whoa, 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 we're going a little fast. Speed limit's only 65. What are you doing? This is fast. And then you look over and you said, what do you mean? We've only gone up only an inch. Oh, just a little bit, just a smidge. And you look and you see the, at the speedometer showing 85.002 miles per hour. Well, I mean, yeah, since you brought it up, that we've, we've only increased our speed a little bit, but you're still freaking going 85 miles an hour in 65 you're going way too freaking fast that's the point dude so if you are stupid if you are one of the 81 million people allegedly who voted for him you might listen to that and think ah yeah when you know inflation's not a problem but the answer was just it was awful he didn't get called out on it but uh well whatever he also interestingly enough declared that the pandemic is over I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So the the, the pandemic is over. Um, does that mean first that uh, he and the in governors are going to immediately give up their emergency powers? I mean, the pandemic's over. We don't need emergency powers in action to handle the pandemic. Pandemic's over. That's what he said. Now, of course, the White House immediately tried to walk it back and say, no, 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 it's it's it it's still going. But he said it was over. But I'm, I, have a, I have a hunch that much like Emperor Palpatine, they're going to hold on to their emergency powers for just a just a little bit now. And, and that doesn't even get into the fact that just a year ago in 2021, the president was saying that we are looking at a winter of death. You remember that? Trying to get people vaccinated, you were looking at a winter of death. We have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember that? Well, now it's over. And we're going into fall. We're getting into cold and flu season soon. Pandemic is over, according to the president. Though disagreed by 
the administration, which is weird. Another example of that too, uh, he was asked if he would uh, send in U.S. troops to help Taiwan if they are invaded by China. And he, for the fourth time, said, yes, we will act. We will send in troops to help defend Taiwan if China decides to invade. Now, the White House, again, immediately walked it back, saying, no, 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 the China policy has not changed, and so on and so forth. But he was very clear that he would send in American troops on the ground to help defend Taiwan. Which makes me wonder, when you have the president saying one thing, and then the administration's communication piece saying the exact opposite makes you wonder who's in charge it doesn't matter what how lucid or senile you may or may not think joe biden is the fact that he can go on 60 minutes and assert one thing more than one time two different things and have his administration immediately walk it back and contradict exactly what he says what is the actual answer will we or will we not defend Taiwan. Is the pandemic over? Is it not over? What's the official position of the administration? Because I'm a bit confused because the president says one thing and the administration, his own administration, says the opposite. Who is in charge? And you have to realize that all this does is it, it fuels more conspiracy theories. It fuels more of the QAnon stuff and the deep state worry. When you have this must, much dysfunction, you have this week of a leader in the White House, and it is just, it's frustrating to see. It's, again, it's hypocritical, and we cannot abide. Now, the last, I want to touch on another hypocritical issue, and it's actually an update from the past couple of weeks, an update I did not expect to make, and this is regard to Brigham Young University, who, if you remember, have, with their women's volleyball team, had a bit of back and forth with being accused of ra sh shouting racial epithets from a student section at a volleyball match, only to, after much saber-rattling and, and outrage, investigation showed that there was zero proof that that happened. Well, this past week, the BYU's football team played at the University of Oregon in Eugene at Autzen Stadium. During the, the game, the students section of the University of Oregon, about on four or five different occasions, started up a chant... F the Mormons. Not too unlike F Joe Biden. Now, when it last year that was directed towards a president, that was freedom of speech. It was funny. When it's aimed towards a religious group, that's not funny. Or at least it shouldn't be. Because in response to this, well, to their credit, the student section, the student run fan section of the University of Oregon immediately issued an apology. The University of Oregon issued an apology. The president of the university issued a lengthy apology and and BYU in, in response accepted it and, and considered it dead. But the media, unlike the Duke volleyball story, was conspicuously silent. And by that I mean ESPN, Jamel Hill, Stephen A. Smith, The Today Show, CNN, all those news outlets 
that without any proof other than this the word of of one player and her godmother and father who were not there ran with that story and castigated an entire university and and fan base and alumni base because of those unfounded charges and then when it found that there's no evidence ignored it and then when a video video clip on on twitter surfaces where not only can you see or hear the chant but you can see people chanting it with their hands next to their mouths to project their chant no condemnation from the media at large in fact many of the crazies on twitter were even seeking to justify it somehow now i rem- remember i'm old enough to remember two weeks ago that when there was uh, allegation of a racial epithet being shouted that not only was the person shouting it allegedly condemned but everyone who around him who didn't say anything and allowed it to happen was also condemned no such condemnation here again not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things this is not the first time this has happened not the last in fact this it happened even last november when they played at at usc so something about pac-12 schools that is just hostile towards that university and that faith but if there was just a little bit of consistency maybe i could take them seriously but because they're not again just cannot abide so that's how we will wrap things up Hope all is well with you. Enjoy the beginning of fall, and we'll talk to you later. Shout out to Brendan Frazier, and we will see you next time. Or whatever. 